know how we do. Put that beat drop, life up. I'm one of the greatest doing it. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You could be listening to anything in the world right now, but you're listening to us, and I appreciate that. Welcome back to Volume 2 of the Weekly Mixtape here on the Bo Templin Show. Producer Uncle Luke here, bringing you the preview, producing the podcast here. It's Sunday night, it's late, long work week ahead of me, but I gotta get this out Monday morning. Also Monday morning, if you're up in the Columbia area, I'll be up here in Chicago, 5.30. Bo Templin's going live, breaking down the sports segment. If you're up, I, I encourage you. I might tweet out the link on the, on, the, on the Twitter feed, see if anyone watches. He doesn't, he, doesn't, you know, he doesn't promote this too much, but hey, come on now. That's a superstar in the making. Up early, grinding, talking about sports week. And what a sports week we did have, ladies and gentlemen. We'll bring on him in two guests here in just a second. But a quick little pre, or I guess I didn't preview anymore. It's a recap of this past week. What a wild week in the NFL. What a wild week in, in college football. I wouldn't say the craziest weeks of, of football we've ever seen. But from a gambling perspective, good Lord, the highs and the lows. And I'll tell you what, it's not the it's not the number you submit at the end of the day to your bookie or the number you get back that makes you proud to be a gambler or, you know, questions your your life meaning when you see that number from your your bookie and you're like good lord i can't handle this why am i doing this to myself but for me it's it's the highs and the lows it's wisconsin northwestern I, this past weekend i went to a, a, a call it bard called state in chicago which is a heavily themed wisconsin bar and hanging out with my buddies who are wisconsin friends so i'm thinking wait why not the game's gonna be all over the place i'm about wisconsin coming off a huge michigan victory playing at home against Northwestern. I didn't think it would be a letdown. Wisconsin is not the type of team who who think, gives me the, the vibe of, oh, the letdown, right? And lo and behold, a letdown happens. They can't cover 28 and a half, so I'm like, ah, a whole early. I bet like 15 other games, of course, but I get to the 6 p.m. slot, and mind you, I've had a few too many, and I'm thinking, wow, that Marshall-Cincinnati game is really catching my eye. 48 and a half, the over, why not? It's a 6 p.m. time slot. The Bearcats could cover that 48 by themselves. And what do you know? The Bearcats. So we, we hit the low at Wisconsin in Madison, and then we just get it back in Cincinnati. And then this past, this past NFL Sunday, I'm getting into it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? The Vikings off to a decent start. You know, they lost to the Packers, of course, but, you know, Tough game in Lambeau, division game. So I'm thinking, hey, they got to get a division win here against the Bears, and the Bears coming off a short week against beating Washington. And I'm thinking, I'm just, you know, as a Packer fan, I'm not a Trubisky believer. I don't think there's a lot of people in this city who are. And I bet Vikings money line plus 105. I liked it. And, uh, you know, first drive of the game, Trubisky looks like he separates his shoulder. And I'm thinking, okay backup quarterback in and obviously we all know who the backup quarterback in Chicago is if you're a Mizzou grad and I should have known right there and then Superman the phone booth opened the man was on the field before Trubisky got off he was ready he was prepared it was like oh wait five wide let's ride 
shotgun every play. That beautiful, chubby little face of his. I'm talking about him like he's 18 years old. He's a grown man now. Chase Daniel. Just hopping into the yard and throwing darts around on a Sunday afternoon in Chicago. What else? I mean, as a Packer fan, look, I'm conv- I'm con- conflicted. Big big rival game. I also bet on the Vikings. Peaks in the valleys of, of gambling. And, and Chase just goes out there and starts slinging it around like it's 08 again. God bless him. I can't even be mad. Couldn't even be mad about it. Crazy weekend in the NFL, man. And you know who's breaking it down for you? Bo Templin. First guest, I'll give you a forewarning here. We had these guests on this past week. We were trying to get it out on a Friday afternoon, but I was I was just too busy, so I'll put that on my shoulders. That won't be a reoccurring theme. We'll get these out on a weekly basis, hopefully before the weekend of football. But like I said last, last week, Andrew Zolden, he's coming on the podcast. Weekly thing, talking Browns football, talking the NFL. So they, they they recapped last Sunday night's game, which was an atrocity if you were a Browns fan, as Zolden is. But he also gave the keys of the game of this week against Baltimore. And you know what? The kid was spot on. They contained Lamar Jackson. They got a little bit more creative in their in their their play calling. Freddie Kitchens. Baker had a statement game. Nick Chubb ran all over the place like it was 2014 at Faroe Field. The Browns may be back. And then the second part of our show, a very special guest to Bo and the show as well. A first-timer. We always love when we get a first-timer because you're part of the family when you come on. It's like getting the green jacket for the first time. You're part of the fraternity now. Ben Sorensen, producer, NFL on Fox, the promos. You know, obviously, if you're you're sitting down watching eight hours of football on a Sunday, you see all the promos. That's Ben Sorensen's work. Creative mind in the NFL field as well as the media field and a good longtime friend of Bo as a teammate. As he comes on the show, they're going to talk football. And then maybe my favorite part of the podcast, of this weekly mixtape, they get into a little bit of Joker versus Ad Astra, which one are you going to go see at the theaters? And as someone who's not a movie buff myself, I'm really excited about this this group of of movies we have ahead of us. Ad Astra, The Joker, Hustlers, which I hear Jennifer Lopez was outstanding, like Oscar-worthy. As someone who's not a movie buff, I'm very excited to go to the movies now. They're going to talk about that a little bit at the end. All right, let's do it. Let's get into it. I'm tired. I'm weary. I got to go to bed, so I should probably stop talking now. Coming up next on the Bo Templin Show, Andrew Zolden, Ben Sorensen. Let's get it. So for real, send me a date and address line and get blind by the shine while I spit these rhymes. I'm one of the greatest doing it. And now coming on to the Bo Templin Show, just as we said last week, he is back on. Andrew Zolden, host of the Drive the Lane podcast. You can catch that everywhere. He's going to come on and talk a little more Cleveland Browns football. Zolden, how are we doing today, champ? I'm good. You know, I was very disappointed last Sunday, but I am feeling a little optimistic, and I'm sure we'll get to why. All right. Very, very fair because, I mean, literally one of the questions that I have written down here is, you know, you're playing the Rams the previous week. Is there any consolation? Like, can you have the mindset at all 
Oh, we played the defending NFC champs. We were so close and played them well. Is there any consolation in that? Or are you pissed off that you lost? I'm pissed off because right now the team looks like this. The Browns are good. Freddie Kitchens is not. Baker is not. That's what the season has been so far. And obviously I think Baker can turn it around. I just think Freddie needs to get back to doing what he's been doing in the past. But I don't. I don't take any consolation in having a close game against the Rams. Uh, the defense looked really, really good, which is great. But until the offense figures it out, I don't care if we have close games. I just, I just want to win. And I will say this. If the Browns tweet out one more fucking video of a one-handed catch in practice, I'm going to get <laughs> so pissed. Just win, win a meaningful game enough with the social media Enough with the Baker Mayfield commercials. Just win a game. All right, so let's let's talk about it here, Zolden. Let's air it out. Your boy, Baker, and I like him, but 18 for 36, only 195, only one tutty. And here's a stat. Outside of the pocket, he was 1 for 10, 19 yards, and one interception. And everyone's asking the question, so I have to do it. Is he overrated? <laughs> no, he's not overrated, but he's not playing well right now. So it's totally fair for people to say that he's overrated, but he's not overrated. The offensive line has just been absolutely horrible, and Aaron Donald is the one chasing him out of the pocket. So you gotta, you got to cut him some slack right there. And the reason he's moving out of the pocket is because no one's open, and they're still not getting open. But when you got a play caller who's calling a draw on fourth and nine and on fourth and, and nine, fourth and nine, so fourth, I'm sorry, Zolden, Zolden, say that one more time for me. What did he do on fourth and nine? He called a goddamn draw play and it, it, it was so frustrating. We were like, did he think it was, did he think it was third down? Did he think it was going to be that sneaky? It was, it was so bad and so frustrating but I don't think it's as bad as I don't know if you saw these clips and highlights he was sending all the receivers deep on like third and 10 from their own end zone sending everyone 20 yards deep which he, he we almost got a safety it's so so bad the play calling is so bad he's trying to be so cute and obviously the Rams D is better than the Jets and I uh, kind of the Titans but the play calling has just been atrocious. And then to say something stupid like, absolutely not, we're not looking at changing the the play calling responsibilities, that, that shouldn't have been the response. The response should have been, we're not changing the play calling uh, responsibilities as of now, but I need to be better. Okay, so here's a positive for you, all right? Here's a positive. Nick Chubb. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. You know, he had 96 yards on the ground. Is there, you know, maybe that's what Kitchens is trying to do. I mean, is, are you happy about the way Chubb played? I was happy about how Chubb played, and I would have liked, I think he had 24 carries. I would have liked the 25th inside the five-yard line with 40 seconds left. I'd first down. <laughs> you know, that would have that been nice. And he's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Do the math, Freddie Kitchens. That's less than nine, so don't hand it off to him in fourth and nine. I, I'm listen. I'm, I'm not gonna ever 
trying to fend fourth and nine. But with the with the way he's sending these receivers downfield, it is straight up Madden two thousand four. Just oh, I have no idea how to play football. Let's just send everyone. I'm going to throw it as far as we can. That's what it felt like to me watching that game. There was no quick slants on the inside. OBJ is not getting nearly the touches. You've got the most talented wide receiver in the NFL, and you're just pretending like he's another wide receiver. What would you like to see them do to get him more involved in the offense? I don't know. I don't know if Baker's capable of throwing in the ball. That's, that's honestly what it seems like. But no, I, I just think you got to run some plays. Do those plays where he, like, throws the ball or do the plays where he gets an end around. Just do something to make him feel flashy and feel cool because I think we're probably one more bad game away from him doing shit in the locker room. And when that starts happening, then it's just the, the season's over. So with all the bullshit that's going on, with Odell not being involved, with Baker looking like uh, – Brandon Whedon if the Browns win on Sunday if the Browns win on Sunday against the Ravens they're in first place and in control of the division so all can be corrected with a good game from Baker a good game from Odell good play calling from Kitchens and a win against the Ravens in Baltimore obviously that's that's a tough uh shoot to fill but I think I think if they can do it that should shut some people up for a little while. So, in regards to this this upcoming game, and, and you know, you mentioned the division. You mentioned that they're going up against Baltimore. Baltimore just suffered their first loss of the season. Maybe a little bit of a blueprint as to how to stop this run game of Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. You know, does this dog pound defense have enough? If they played the same way they did against the Browns, is that enough? Or... Does the offense really, really need to show up? Because with this Ravens offense, man, they, they are electric right now. So what needs to happen? What needs to happen to walk away with a Division W on Sunday? I think if the Browns can hold them under – if the Browns can hold them to 24 points or less and they can't win, then the offense is in trouble. I really don't think the defense is a concern. I think you can hold them to 24 or 27 points, 28 points, and you should be able to win because the offense is supposed to be amazing. The defense is going to do its job, but if the offense can't win a game where you hold Lamar Jackson under 30, then I think we have a problem. I mean, beautiful. I love the analysis, Olin. The Browns are averaging like – I don't know. It's like 17 points a game. And that is so bad. So bad. In today's NFL, 17 is not going to cut it right now. This league is so fast and it's so spread open and it's so pass heavy that if you're unable to put up 27, 30 points in a game, you're going to end up losing. Zoltan, last question that I have for you here. The, uh, the, The NBA G League has made the decision that they're going to eliminate two free throws on fouls, and instead they're going to go for the one for two or the one for three. As a player, how did you feel when you went up to the line knowing that your free throw was worth two points rather than the usual one? 
I think it's all situation based. If you're down by two, then then I think you like it. But if you're down by or, or down by one, then I think you like it. But if if it's a tie game, you obviously don't prefer it. Or if it's a situation where you need to make the first, miss the second. I, I think it's all situation based. Um, but but I do think it'll be kind of cool. But none of the stuff that they add in ever makes it to the NBA. So it doesn't really matter. In my opinion, it doesn't really matter. It's just pure, it's purely experimental. I mean, they're just trying out some different stuff. Probably saves a little bit of time during the game and allows for more actual play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Zolan, one last, one last chance here, though. One last chance here, okay? Do you want to, uh, you want to plug anything that Drive Lane's got going on this week? Anything people can look out for? Oh, yeah, so we just released yesterday, uh, Joshua Perry. Uh, who is a former Ohio State player, won a national championship with Ohio State, and now he's an analyst for Big Ten Network. And he gave us a great interview, talked a lot of college football with him, uh, which was great. But, yeah, that that's really cool right now. Terry McLaurin had another awesome game, which is always great to see. It's scary Terry is on a roll right now. Yeah. Dude is unstoppable. He is as good as I mean, this is one of the most fun offensive rookies we've seen. They just came out of nowhere, right? I mean, all the time you see you see the big name, the Christian McCaffreys, who are instantly you know involved in the offense, and Saquon Barkley. Ter- Scary Terry is the Washington Redskins offense right now. Yeah, he's the only player worth anything on that team, and I'm I'm excited because I think Haskins is going to start Week Eight or something like that. But I think he might he could get killed if he starts. I think that's a legitimate fear is that Dwayne Haskins will be killed on the football field because of how bad the A supporting cast, B offensive line is. So maybe don't play him because I don't think anyone wants to see a murder on the football field. But like I was thinking about that the other night. Like everyone was texting me, like, "Yo, put Haskins in for the second half." I was like, "Uh, put Haskins in and have Khalil Mack actually murder him?" No. So I'd like to see Haskins and yeah. Scary Terry play together. But and I would also like to get Haskins on the pod. That that is coming up soon. And what's coming up real soon is our college basketball kickoff which is going to be very cool. We're going to have some very exciting guests. Let's fucking go, Zolan. I'd love to hear it. Um, we'll be oh, uh, met, sure to stay tuned. Thank Cat. you for coming and on. And I met Big Cat, so that was the greatest moment of my life. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You met Big Cat. No big deal, right? I mean, should I just glance by that, right? No, we don't even talk Urban about Meyer it. And Urban Meyer retweeted my tweet, so, yep. All right, well, Andrew Zolan's <laughs> on cloud nine right now. He's high as a kite. He's feeling really, really good. College basketball, NBA season's right around the corner. My guy couldn't be any happier. Andrew Zolan, thank you for coming on, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. You're the man. I'm excited to listen to this episode. Andrew Zolan, once again, delivers as he always does. And I'm telling you, I promise, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it if I truly didn't believe it. He's funny, man. And, and our chemistry is just going to get better and better. I have no doubt about it. 
He's good. He's good, and I think he's going to be really good once basketball season starts up because I know he's a true and true hooper, and he knows the game of hoops, and he knows basketball real, real well. So excited to get into that with all of him. Coming up next on the Bo Templin Show, we're going to talk to Ben Sorensen. Ben Sorensen, producer, Fox, NFL Sundays. He does a lot of the promos that you'll see before the game. Really creative sports mind. UCLA grad, longtime friend, former teammate of myself. Funny story as to how he came on the pod. We get into all of that. I'm excited. I hope that Ben will come on again in the future. And it, it may not just be sports related because as, as we tease towards the end of this little interview that I had with Benny, we get into some movies, Ad Astra versus The Joker. Which one are you going to see next weekend? The bigger star. Brad Pitt, see who Ben Sorensen compares Brad Pitt to from the uh, 70s Hollywood era of the cinema industry. But yes, sir, Ben Sorensen, producer for Fox NFL Sundays, coming up next on the Bo Templin Show. All right, Benny, so this is this is the first in my broadcasting career here. What is, what is um, the first? I, so this is a first because... Not usually do I book guests in this fashion. Uh, I, I had to earn my spot, I guess. You had to earn your spot, which we're going to get into here in a little bit, all right? So I want to start with this right here. This is Bo Templin Show. I have a beautiful guest coming on, Ben Sorensen. So I want to talk about the last three weeks and the Templin household versus UCLA because it has not gone well. Yeah. Not gone well in the slightest. I mean, I just UCLA has not done well recently that's okay that's okay you haven't done well recently but you've done pretty well against the templins so last week i lose in fantasy football to big phil friend of the show he'll be coming on any podcast now i have no doubt about it yeah big, big i lost to him in, yeah as is as is many people so i lose to big phil last week and then this week ucla is playing washington state in football, and my baby sister, who's a sophomore at Washington State now, she has mom and dad in town, so they go to the game, and it's the largest comeback in Pac-12 history. Hey, first one of the season, too, baby. Yeah, first one of the season for the UCLA Bruins, so that's how it's our- And then, yesterday, I lose in fantasy to another UCLA member. Yes, yourself yes sir um, uh, like we put play. some extra stakes on the game yeah oh yeah i've been meaning to come on the, the uh it was the old um i'll take you out to lunch but if i win i get to come on the podcast and talk about it and that's how we ended up right here ben Sorensen, welcome to the Bo templin show hey i appreciate it i'd like to thank uh your boy mvs valdez scanlon for catching a big touchdown and uh Mark Ingram, Saquon Barkley got hurt, and I still whooped you. So, uh, you know, we'll move on. We're on to week four, as they say. If so, uh, if that's the uh, if that's the brunt of the trash talk, I think I'm gonna live. I, I have somewhat decently thick skin, and I, I'm looking at this from a positive, optimistic outlook here. I got the, I have the fourth most points for in a ten man league, and I have the most points against. Uh, you know, I just don't really want to hear excuses, Bo. Uh, I just know I cooked you up an L and if you want another one, come back next week. 
you know. Uh, really, there's nothing more to say than that. Pick better, pick better players, maybe, but uh, I think it's a little late. But hopefully, the season turns around for you, man. What are you? Oh three, oh and three, one and two. I'm one and two. Okay. One and two. Well, Easy there, Tiger. Sounds like Easy, Tiger. But, uh, it's alright. It's alright. So, Benny, yeah. you're a Minnesota guy. You already brought up brought up the NFC North, and I think that's a great place to start. Let's talk about the purple people people leaders here a little bit. Yeah. We got the Lions starting strong. We have the Packers 3 and 0, and we're kind of still waiting for Aaron Rodgers. The Bears are right there, but you know, there's some caught, you know, beware cautious beware, buyer beware with Mr. Bisky. And then you have the Vikings who get to 2-1-1 after beating the Raiders. And uh well, that run game right now looks Looks pretty rock solid up in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook's kind of the guy right now. He leads the league in yards, and it's finally nice to see a Mike Zimmer team with a run game that can impose its will. So the defense can play good early, and then you can just hand the rock off to my guy, Dalvin Cook. And he can just turn away the clock, turn up yards, and score touchdowns. Uh, so it's refreshing to see. He keeps the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands as much as he wants to give it to the other team. So, uh, I mean... I think the Lions are pretenders, uh, as they typically are. They'll fade. Um, and I think Aaron Rodgers looks older than uh, he has in the past. And all of a sudden, some of the throws not looking quite the same. So I think the division's vulnerable. I still think that Bears defense is one of the best units in football, even without Adrian Amos. So, I mean, it's, NFC North's a good division, man. But it's really nice to see the run game come through for the Vikes. You want you want to you want to talk about the run game right now because he's re- Dalvin Cook really isn't getting, you know they're not trying to get him that involved in the passing game. I mean week one against Atlanta it's 111 yards on the ground. Week two against the Pack 154 on the ground, 110 on the ground against the Raiders. It's really kind of rare I feel like in today's NFL to see a guy who's so run heavy. And not that involved in the passing offense. And it's not even that he can't do it. I really think it's the coaching and Zimmer wanting to keep the clock moving. And, you know, they burnt a first-round pick on the center, of big Garrett Bradbury. And uh, I think the philosophy was we're going to, you know, spend capital on this and fill a need, and we're going to run the ball. And we're going to control the clock and not turn it over. Because when that defense doesn't have to get put in high-leverage situations, you know, you get a ball turnover late in your own zone. Like, you got to all of a sudden your back's already against the wall. You've just been out on the field. You know, Zimmer wants to control the pace of the game and the run game is a really strong way to do that. Uh, and it's nice to see uh, Dalvin just churn up yards. They know he's going to run the ball and it's not even him, that Madison kid. Uh, I think he's like a Boise State guy. Uh, he's He scored a touchdown last week too. He's running the football too. So um, it's nice to see the O-line after all this time um, be better. And it's discouraging that Cousins still turns over the ball with those guys being as good as they are. So hopefully they can turn it around. But Dalvin is, he just plays at a higher speed. He's looked at, um, and it's at this level in the NFL, it's impressive to see. I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. I think uh, next week could be very telling here for both the uh, Vikings and the Bears as they play each other. I mean, what is what does Minnesota have to do to, to escape out of that one with the W? Uh, you know, they just got to take care of the football. Uh, Cousins can't turn the ball over. I think when it comes to defensive units, if they force Mitch Trubitsky to 
to be a quarterback, as uh, your Green Bay Packers more famously put, is that, you know, you keep him in the pocket, and that really starts with your linebacking core. Anthony Barr was out this last week, but Eric Kendricks was in. And that's former Bruin, another UCLA guy, uh, who goes sideline to sideline, and when Mitch Trubisky tries to escape, that's who stops that. Um, so it's just staying disciplined. Daniil Hunter is the guy, too. Um, and so that defense, I'm not worried about. It's just making sure that Chicago's defense can't take the ball from you and making sure that you can keep moving down. Because, you know, they got good guys like Kendall Fuller, but Minnesota's skill guys, you got Thielen Diggs, they're going to get separation. They're going to score. They can score points. Um, I think it really benefits Minnesota. The way they've played these first three weeks is actually probably the blueprint to beat the Bears, right? Keep it on the run. Keep it on the ground. Don't let the ball up in the air too much. And if that's the core of your offense, at least you can stay somewhat involved in the game and not let that Bears defense be the ones to beat you, right? At least it's still in your control a little bit. Exactly. I mean, just like kind of Denver, Denver laid out the blueprint a little bit. Just like, hey, we just need two touchdowns. We can win this football game. You know, like our defense is good enough and – we just move the football and like short stuff and you can just kind of trudge down the field. You got to be patient um, because if you try and take it all at once, they can pin your ears back and you got Khalil Mack who's just going to get after you no matter what you do. So uh, it's about not giving them points on the special teams and defense. And, you know, I trust Kirk Cousins to score two touchdowns, um, hopefully. And with Dalvin Cook on his side, it improves their chances a whole lot better. Something else I want to get to, Benny, here with the NFL. and Because uh, my NFL season right now is really going great. Um, you know, as the season winds down here until the start of NBA, like, I'm really starting to honker in, you know what I mean? Oh, hey, um, I've been locked in since, you know, mid-August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, my, uh, my attention and focus level might be uh, altering here really, really shortly. We're 29 days away from the NBA season. But with this NFL season right now, you know, we're seeing this huge trend, right? The young quarterback. That's what everyone wants to talk about right now is this huge gap between what we previously knew about the NFL, the Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Brady era, right? Phillip Rivers probably in that discussion. And now we've got Patty Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. But I wanted to bring this up with you, all right? Because you have all these young quarterbacks. But there's also a big change in the offensive systems that are being used. So I want you to explain to a novice like myself, perhaps, what is the bigger difference? Is it this young quarterback running gun free play style? Or are they really encased into this system that, it, you know, and now it's more reliant on the offensive coordinator to come up with a really creative playbook? You know, I think it's a combination of a few things. You know, you got the different blueprints like Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray where you actually take the guy with the offense in mind. You know, if uh, they have the old coach from last year, they probably don't take Kyler Murray one. But if you're going to institute a college-style offense, you've got a guy with a proven track record of success with it, won a Heisman with it, you know, you might as well roll with it. You, the guy you can clearly trust with the football. But then I feel like on the other end, there was a Sean McVay proven blueprint with Jared Goff. Is that if you are a smart enough offensive guy, you're in the ear of this young quarterback. You can be his mind. And if as long as he can make throws and go through reads, 
he can succeed as long as, you know, coach is chirping in his ear. That's why in the Super Bowl, when the Pats move late and, you know, Sean McVay's gone, all of a sudden Jared Goff looks a little lost. So, I mean, I think that style created a blueprint for the rest of the league that we can get away with this to a certain extent. You know, you get to the high level, you know, Patty Mahomes, that guy is best when the play breaks down. But Jared Goff is best when he executes his offense flawlessly and, you know, Cooper Cup is wide open in the corner of the end zone because he knows where to look because Sean McVay created a great scheme. So, you know, I still think there's talent disparity, but I think there's now a blueprint for the league moving forward. Ben, can you can you maybe do something, something here for me, all yeah. right? Don't look at the next six weeks, okay? Don't look at the next six weeks. Maybe don't even look at this season. But over the course of the next three, four, five years, and the names that I just dropped among those young quarterbacks, other than the Super Bowl ring, what is one of the quarterbacks or what are the better quarterbacks going to do that the other quarterbacks don't? What's going to separate the better half from the weaker half in this discussion? I mean, as far as the discussion, hardware. For the most part, you know, Patrick Mahomes is on the chance of a little bit of history. If he wins back-to-back MVPs, and I mean, pending injury, and now that Saquon Barkley's hurt, I feel like there's really not an offensive player in the league that's as dynamic, that is, you know, second quarter, four touchdown passes, that just flips the switch and this game is over. This game is over. Uh, so, I mean, if he does that, the type of people who've done that, back-to-back MVPs are like Favre's, Manning's, Joe Montana's, like... Uh, Jim Brown, you know, I think that's it. So, I mean, like that level is going to separate Mahomes. And I think his play uh, for Dak, he'll never be able to achieve that level of play. He's just not that style for him. It'll be rings for him. It'll be rings. And because he won't win a Super Bowl MVP because if he is the man on a Super Bowl team, I don't think that team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think you need other guys like Zeke. I mean, Amari Cooper is really good, and their defense is legit. That Jalen Smith is really, really good. So, I mean, uh, but as far as what's going to separate them, I feel like the yardage is going to go up just kind of how it has is there's a generation who are, you know, Matt Ryan's like a top 11 yardage guy all time, but he's definitely not a top 11 quarterback of all time. Never. You know, so uh, it's a generational increase. And, you know, the play – with the new pass interference rules, it, it favors the offense as always. And you know, I'm a defensive guy, so I like that. Uh, at least the defenses are just going to have to adjust and figure out a way to deal with these guys. But uh, the ones who can do it consistently for a long time is who are going to separate themselves. Like, I don't know about Deshaun Watson. I think he's really, really good, but how long can he do it? You know, Cam Newton's almost out of the league. Because he's just don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. That's my boy right there. All right. Don't talk about my boy blue like that. I mean, Deshaun Watson's going down a scary path and he might have one or two shots at greatness, win an MVP or he might, you know, win a Super Bowl. But I just don't, you know, the greats, Breeze, Brady, Big Ben, they did it for so long that I mean, that's what really it's going to take. They did it for so long. Uh, Ben, last question for you here, all right? And then we got to wrap this up a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. In two weekends, all right? In two weekends, you have a choice. 
you're going to go to the movies and you're going to make a decision. You can either see Ad Astra with Brad Pitt, which is just getting 10 out of 10 huge, you know, movie of the year type buzz. Or you can go see Joker, you know, Walking Phoenix, as much hype as we've heard in a long time. Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover. I've been all over this movie for a, a year and a half now. What movie are you going to see? I mean, that's a tough choice. I'm probably going to get around to both of them at a certain as, point. As will I, but I just want to, I want your first round pick. I'm going to take Ad Astra. Uh, I just think the stage that Brad Pitt is at his career and who he is, his style, and, you know, the, the silent, cool, calm, under pressure, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be cheeky at this age anymore. He can just be who he is. And combined with an astronaut, you get space visuals. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is fantastic. And it really just has all the makings of this, like, Brad Pitt planting the flag and being like, I am the Robert Redford of our of my oh! generation. I am the man. You know, like, Leo is very good. He does these, but, like, when it comes to, like, you need someone to step up and deliver, it is me. And I will do it with it with, and make it look easy. Uh, ben, you just, I, uh, high expectations. I understand that. You just, uh, successfully auditioned for a movie podcast here in the future. Hey, you know, I enjoy talking about this stuff just as much as you. I'm just too lazy to find an avenue to do it. You know? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm here for, Benny. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, super pissed off that you whooped my ass this week in fantasy, but Hey, hey, I'm just saying, Benny, be careful down down the season. Just be careful because I'm not playing bad ball right now. Hey, you came to talk smack to me and I just said, you know, I, I just I just show up. I'm just here so I don't get fine. Fair enough, Chief. All right, Benny. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you later. Yep, have a good one, bro. All right, peace out, champ.